2012, where we are the sexy singles in your area, you poor bastards. I'm Mark. I'm Brent. And today's <laughs> guest is Amanda Mancino, though you might know her better as Amanda Like Wine. Amanda, hello. Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm very well. I'm Thank you for very coming well. on. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, you're uh, definitely one of our favorite tweeters, and I'm not just saying that. So really <laughs> glad you could come on. <laughs> That's what you use with all of them, isn't it? <laughs> well, if you, listen, if you listen back, this is going to get me in such trouble. Because yeah. if you listen back, I've never said that before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You hear that, uh, everyone? Yeah. I'm Uh-oh. one of the faves. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm not going to be having to send out so many yeah. thank you emails or I'm sorry emails or just create Fruit a lot baskets. of work for yourself. <laughs> Yeah. So you keep yourself quite busy with your kids, right? That actually is a huge focus right now for you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a <laughs> it's been a life sucker for the past <laughs> almost. <two years>. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, you put it ever so nicely, but I could be completely blunt. <laughs> yeah, I spend I spend a lot of time with my children because I homeschool them, so they are with me for the most part. Other unless they're kind of involved in extracurricular and things like that but they're they're home or with me every day <laughs> all day <laughs> is, that, is that a big hard choice for you the homeschooling because that that is quite a commitment well yeah I mean I didn't plan on having kids so that was kind of a an interesting grief <laughs> and then we had a child who was kind of turned out to be profoundly gifted and we had to kind of make changes in our own life to kind of fit around him and how quickly he was kind of growing and exploring the world around him. So I kind of felt bad about kind of throwing him into regular school when he was already probably like five or six years ahead of his peer group. So that was kind of where it started and it's worked pretty well. We travel a lot. We have a lot of freedom. So it, it works for now, which, which is is why I'm doing it. It's crazy. It's hectic. I feel like walking into the forest and not coming back sometimes, but but all in all, it, it's positive. So you've had to learn a lot about giftedness and how to interact, I guess, with your gifted child, like how to teach them, how to engage them, because yeah. it comes with its own challenges. You were, you were on NPR a short while ago talking about this? I, I was. I was talking about the, the the actual challenges and kind of that road of saying, you know, like, what now when you realize that your your child and your path is going to be slightly different from the typical. And I would like to say that I've read a lot, and I but I would be lying. And I think I've tried to kind of just kind of go with my kids. And I, I think, you know, as a parent, you're the, you probably know your kids the best. And, you know, I, I tried to kind of like kind of go in the direction that they're passionate about. I don't force them to, to kind of do things that they hate, more likely to try to positively encourage them to go in the kind of direction that they're really excited about. And that's kind of where we start our lessons and things. I've heard it said, and it's probably true. And, and it kind of touches on something that you just said, that you sort of, nobody knows the kids like the parents. And I've heard it said that a lot of the kids of, uh, kids who are gifted, their parents whether they know it or not, one or both of them are probably gifted. So yeah, in your that's... relationship, is it is it you or is it Nigel? I think we all know. The I think we all know who it isn't. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's totally me. Totally. No, I'm just. <laughs> no, no. We. I think. I think Nigel and I are both. We both have kind of focuses, like extreme focuses, in different things, and we always have. So I think you know the kids 
kids, obviously, to a certain degree, you know, the kids are of you um, and, you know, whoever creates them and they carry some of those traits. And then, of course, there are those things that those anomalies that I look at some of my kids. And I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? You know, because you just you, it's not you and it's not your partner, but they um, they kind of create their own their own way in life and their own kind of weird quirks and things. But yeah, I, it's totally me. I'm totally there. <laughs> I'm looking at your fact sheet and I'm sort of, I don't know what direction to go. I'm looking at descendant of Robert the Bruce, yeah. uh, trumpet with, uh, you know, Herb <laughs> Alpert, John Philip Sousa. Well, speaking, and of, then speaking of intense focus. Poo-filled diaper. Yeah. You know? Poo-filled diaper is pretty tempting. <laughs> Let's get back to the poo-filled diaper. But uh, the focus, the intense focus that you had, do you think that perhaps the whole trumpet uh, obsession was an aspect of sort of a, a, a musical. Do you have a musical gift? Is that fair? I played a lot of instruments uh, growing up, and I have, I've kind of like not done that for a long time because I've I kind of I'm one of those people who does something, and like I I get an itch to learn something, and once I feel kind of like I've become proficient enough in something, I kind of move on to something else. So I mean, the longest my longest fixation was definitely the trumpet in you know kind of like sixth grade to tenth grade and I played it constantly and I taught myself every possible song imaginable I mean I was just I was obsessed with it I was definitely fixated and I had a I had you know I had an inclination I mean I was definitely I picked up instruments very quickly and so I mean I don't know if I would have continued on would I have or I would have had I started extremely early maybe maybe something good would have come from it but it was really just one of my crazy fixations just like anything else that I kind of jump into head first and hope I come out okay at the end is that what you tried out for star search for no, <laughs> I did musical theater as a child. I grew up right outside of New York City, so it was the perfect area. I was trained in voice from a pretty young age. I had a people, I mean, I don't like to like go on because lots of people have good voices and I never did anything with mine, but um, I had a good voice as a child and I did a lot of musical theater and I did um, a regional tour of Annie playing Annie when I was eight. And I tried out for Star, Star Search and I made it. I didn't make it onto Star Search, but I got called back to go again. But that was that was it. That was my moment of like really thinking I was going to stand up there with Ed McMahon on stage, and it just never happened for me. But but that happened. I can, I can say it happened. I can, <laughs> that can always be the dream or the fantasy. Uh, do you still play? Do you uh, still sing? Do you still play? Uh, gosh, no, no, no. I don't do any of it. It's horrible. I'm so bad with. I kind of. I have these. I have this thing in my brain where like I compartmentalize things, and when I finish something, I kind of finish it completely, and I move on to something else, which is pretty horrible because I don't ever get to like this extreme mastery of one subject i just have lots of like i i know a lot about lots of things but not to the point of mastery so i sing to my kids sometimes and i can i can still sing but i don't do anything with it and i i'm actually um i never played the piano and i started taking piano lessons a month ago because i want to learn how to play it so we'll see how long that lasts i'll get to a point of feeling comfortable with my ability and then i'll put it away just like the rest of the stuff what, what about music for your kids do you is that important do you think oh abs- i mean i think music is a great way to express yourself and especially with my eldest who's has a lot of like sensory issues and he's very intense music when he listens to music 
music, he kind of like falls into a really calm and interesting space. Um, so he's he started playing the piano, and my um, my seven year old plays the guitar, and my three year old expressed interest. She's starting violin in September. So yes, we wow. we do the instrument thing. We do a lot of things. Cool. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's the uh, noise that signals that it's time to ask you some very pointed questions about Twitter, mm-hmm. Brent. Amanda, what's your proudest Twitter moment? Uh, I'm so bad with this. I guess, I guess my I have like two. I mean, I got really excited when I realized that people were actually listening to me, which was just this moment because no one listens to me in my house. And when I found Twitter, it was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, finally <laughs> a group of people is crazy as I am. Um, so that was pretty fun. Yeah. And then the time that I targeted Mike Huckabee over his um, ridiculous statement that Jesus wept when uh, during the Supreme Court ruling over gay marriage. Um, <laughs> so I went on this diatribe putting quotes from the Bible in um, that talk about horrible things, asking him if he still kind of like practiced those kind of horrible methods like, you know, stoning people and wearing beards and uh, not eating fat and, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was fun. I went on like a two hour craziness. He didn't block me though, which was kind of sad, but it's actually good because I can just keep on harassing him forever. Yeah. So... Do you think he actually? Do you think he actually looks at his account, or does he have uh, minders that do that? I'm sure. I'm sure he doesn't do anything except sit in his, <laughs> you know, I don't know, office behind his Check little his... barrister desk with his thumbs up his anus. I don't know. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> Whatever uh, works. Who's uh, <laughs> who's your favorite tweeter? So I, when I told you this, I'm just not going to be able to list one. So no, pre- pretend that I didn't already ask you though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so basically I have a lot. So I'm going to tell you Liz Hackett. I love because she's brilliant. And my favorite ladies, Audrey Farnsworth, Peach Coffin and Mara behind your back. I love Dave Detell and Tara Shu because they're brilliantly absurd. And I love, love, love looking at their stuff. Herbal Pingo. I love, I, you know, a lot of people probably he's like an acquired taste because it's like it's a mix of like really good things and then dick jokes but I love him and he's really smart and has been a good friend to me and and then Rex Hupke and Chris Worthington are, and Joel Ingersoll I mean they're they're all brilliant and then of course I have to mention Nigel because I'm obligated to but he's funnier in person and I really don't like his tweets so that's my list <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought he was charming. Like he probably he's lovely. No, he's yeah. lovely in person, still. but he can't. I know, like, even if he doesn't listen, I still still liked him. He's gonna hate me. I I I think he's <laughs> he's so good. He's such a good tweeter, just for other people, not for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sort of at the end of our time. So, just lastly, tell us one underrated tweeter that everybody should be following. I really like AF Bradstone. Angry Mom Jeans. He's um, ridiculous and funny and smart and and just good. And he deserves way more followers. He's been on Twitter a long time, and uh, I think he he deserves all the followers. So yeah, he does. He's awesome. Yeah. I agree. Okay. All right. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to chat with us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's been great. All right. Well, this has been Tweeters and Twelve. I'm Mark. Oh, I'm Brent. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>